You teach us. Holy Spirit, you lead us, guide us into all truth, reveal unto us, and bring back to our remembrance what the word of God has already spoken unto us. And I thank you, Father, that we have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to continue to talk about the heart. And I'm going to go over briefly what um, we have already went over so far um, from the last time that we were together. And I'm going to go over again the definition of a hardened heart because I believe the more that we go over it, the more that we can see ourselves. When we can look at ourselves, we don't have to look at nobody else. A hardened heart is being more sensitive to other things than to God. Relating to the natural more than the supernatural. That means a person can become callous, stubborn, and prideful. One that continually refuses to trust God when tested and to obey God when ordered. And then the symptoms of a hardened heart. You find it more difficult to feed, to feel anything in your spiritual life. Nothing in a worship service moves you. You think you have heard it all before. You find it harder and harder to find time to read the Bible. It seems like a dry book unto you. There is nothing in it for you. You have less of a desire to talk to God. And when you do, you feel like it's a one-way conversation. And you can be cold, insensitive, unfeeling, and unyielding. That's what a hardened heart is. I gave scriptures to um, back up a hardened heart. We went in Mark 6, 42 through verse 52 and it said all the people ate and were satisfied so this we see is when Jesus had they had the two fish and the five loaves of bread they said everybody ate and they were satisfied the followers filled 12 baskets with leftover pieces of bread and fish there was 5,000 men who ate immediately Jesus told compel made his followers disciples get in the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida So what Jesus had to do, he had to compel them. It was like he was making them get in the boat so they could go to the other side. But those disciples knew, um, you know, about the storms that would be on the lake. So they didn't want to go out there on that lake. But with being obedient to God, they recognize it's not about us. We want to be obedient to Jesus. And I believe sometimes some of us, if we make it about us, then we're not doing what God would have us to do. Some things don't feel good. Flesh don't feel good when things go on. But in order to crucify that flesh, we rather obey God than obey flesh. Amen? So in verse um, 45, it says they were going to Bethsaida, a town on the northern shore of the Lake of Galilee, east of the Jordan River, across the lake. He stayed there to send the people home to dismiss the crowd. After sending them away, saying goodbye, he went into the hills to pray. That night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw his followers, disciples, struggling hard to row the boat because the wind was blowing against them. Between 3 and 6 o'clock in the morning, at about the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the water, and he wanted... And he wanted, intended, was about to walk past the boat. But when they saw him walking on the water, we know that they cried out because they thought he was a ghost. They all saw him and were afraid. But quickly, immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Have courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them and the wind became calm, sea stopped. And then it says, they were greatly amazed. Now, a hardened heart... A person that's insensitive and unyielding, they will be amazed. When you spend time with God, and God works a miracle in your life or works a miracle in somebody else's life, whatever God decides to do, we should not be amazed at it. Because when you spend time with him, you know that's God. That's not the world's way. That's God's way of doing. So they were so amazed. And then verse 52 said, For they did not understand about the miracles of the five loaves. And it says, because their minds were closed, hearts were hardened, stubborn, and dull. So when we look at things to be so amazing, then we're looking outside of the super and we're looking at the natural. 
So when you're more sensitive to natural things than you are supernatural things, your heart is hardened. I believe I went over, you know, if we're watching um, television more than we're spending time in the Word of God, we become more sensitive to what we're getting off the television or the radio than what, what we're getting out of the Word of God. That's not how it should be. Being that we are spiritual beings, we should be more looking to the spiritual um, aspect of things that come from God than we're looking at the natural um, things that come from the world. So the more you look at the world, the more you're going to become insensitive to the things of God. So if I have this side over here more sensitive to the word of God and I have this side over here just doing their own thing, when you come together and you begin to mingle, then this side is going to be more spiritual than this side and you're going to have confusion. You're going to have somebody saying, no, we can't do that. I'll give you an example. If Erica back there is going to tell Sister Deborah, you know, what the word of God is saying, if she tells Sister Deborah by Jesus Christ, you know, the words say that you are healed. But Sister Deborah said, I hear what you're saying, but did you hear what they said on the news this morning? They said if we don't do this right here, we could die. And then Erica said, yes, but you don't look at the world's way you look at God's way of doing things and then sister Deborah say well I'm just going to tell you if you keep looking at uh, God's way of doing things he give you common sense too so you're just going to die this, this is what Christians are saying Christians you got one that's more sensitive to the world and you got one that's more sensitive to what God has to say and they're standing on what God is saying. So Erica cannot get with Sister Deborah. Why? Because her heart has become dull. It has become hardened. You can tell a person with a hardened heart. How do you know the symptoms? We went over it. If you have a conversation about Jesus and they're telling you more about what's going on in the world, their heart is hardened. If you get more out of them when you talk about what's going on in the world and you get more out of them talking about Jesus, their heart is hardened towards the word of God. So if you spend more time watching lifetimes and as the world turns, as the stomach turns, you're going to be more sensitive to what's going on with those actors than you're sensitive to what happened with Peter and John with the lame man. Some people don't want to hear what's happening in the word of God. They don't want to hear that because they have been so in tune with the world, so in tune with what man say is going to happen. Y'all remember the Y2K? Was that what you call it? Was it the Y2K? And how they said, if you don't do this right here, this is, Jesus is coming, this is going to happen, and you're going to die. You da 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 And it didn't happen. And people was getting all of this stuff, getting it stocked up, getting it reserved. And the Bible said, no man, nobody know the time, nor the hour. When the, now, why would he reveal it to him? But people went on that because that's all they talked about. And the more they talked about it, let's say storms. Let's say that when storms are out there and they tell you, this is going to be the worst storm ever. You better gather all you can gather right now. Because if you don't gather all you can gather, you're going to be left behind. You're going you're gonna to die in the storm. So people go out and get all the bread off the shelf, stock it up for out for eternity, get everything that they can get in cans. They, they can pop the lid because the, oven, the stove is not working. You're not going to have no electricity. So you already seeing what you ain't going to have. Then you get all this bottle of water. And then you find out the storm even coming your way and the bread is spoiling. You, can, you don't even drink water. So why did you get it? Because you were more sensitive to man than you are to God. We have been in that situation. The last storm that we had, the, the storm that tore up the church, I never forget it. Um, Ariel had uh, come down from school, school, came down from school, and she was staying with us. And she said, Mama, I told them at school I was coming down here with y'all. And they said, Why are you going where the storm is? So Jeremy, he was at the house, and he said, Him and Ariel, Mama, we shouldn't be here. I said, well, you need to leave then because I'm not going nowhere because God ain't told me to go nowhere. I'm telling you, I'm staying where God want me to stay. I hear what man is saying, but God ain't told me to, to, do, to do what everybody else is doing. And it was so funny because, you know, when you get your food, you try not to overextend food. So I was giving them little rationing, y'all. And to this day, they pick on me. 
Mama gave us little rationings, wouldn't give us nothing but a little bit per person. So he told me, he said, Mama, can I have some more of that? I said, do you want your children to eat? He said, yes, ma'am. I said, well, you don't get no more. So we learn how to take the little that we had, and God showed me how to use wisdom with what we had, and that's how we did it. But we got through the storm. So what am I saying? When you spend more time with God, no matter what's coming, you hear him more than you hear what's coming. And you can get through what's coming. But when you don't spend time in the word of God, that's when your heart become cold. That's when it become hardened. That's when it become dull and insensitive. Another way that you will know this is when you get ready to go through something, a crisis in your life. And you have not been into the word of God long enough for the word to take root in you. You're going to try to do everything man is telling you to get through that crisis. But when you know what God is saying, or you've been with God and you know what he's saying, the word is going to come up out of you and you're going to live according to the word and you're going to know peace be still. What can I do but trust God? It's no point of worrying about it. God, your word is the final authority. So this is what I'm going to do. So the more time you spend with God, the more sensitive you become to him. And one thing about a person with a hardened heart, they do not see what's wrong with them. They see everybody else except them. They make it about everybody else except them. That's a person with a hardened heart. And they truly believe What they see and what they say is true. It's proven with the disciples. The disciples spent all that time with Jesus. Jesus done that miracle with the two loaves, the two fish and the five loaves of bread. He even had them to help him do what he done. They watched him do it. They watched 5,000 men to be fed and then had some left over. He took up 12 baskets full of the fragments. He didn't even leave that behind. He took all of that up even after everybody had, had eaten. Those disciples saw that. So then when Jesus said, get in the boat, let's go to the other side. Now they just saw a miracle. The storm is coming up. They just experienced a miracle. But they were so worried about the storm that was in front of them. They were so insensitive to what was in front of them. They forgot what he already done. And the same God fed over 5,000 men, not counting the women and the children. He's the same God that can calm the storm. Their hearts weren't on that. Their hearts was on what they were seeing. So Jesus calmed the storm, got into the boat, and they were so amazed. But they saw what Jesus done. How many of us, God have worked miracles in our lives. God have done some things that we know that man could not do. But then when another crisis come up, may not be the same crisis, but another one come up, and all of a sudden we have the tendency to say, God, why aren't you doing nothing? God, why aren't you answering me? God, how can you let me go through this? God, I'm speaking your word. It's because we're so in tone with how we feel. We're so in tone with what's going on around us. And we want to have a pity party instead of having a Holy Ghost party to say, God, it's not about me. It's about what you have already done. So I'm going to rejoice in the place that I'm in. So these disciples had this experience with Jesus. They saw him feed the um, 5,000. Then they saw how he calmed the, um, the winds. They saw that. Then again, he came and there were how many? 4,000. And he used what? Seven loaves and a few small fishes. He used that again. They just saw now Jesus do all of this stuff, but he's showing them again in math and Mark, the eighth chapter. He's showing them this, but I want you to go to this verse right here. Um, Go to Mark 8, and I want to start at verse 8. And it says, and all the people ate and were satisfied. Y'all, here go, they were satisfied again. Who wouldn't be satisfied if your belly full? I know I would. Then his followers filled seven baskets. And then it says, with the leftover pieces of food, there were about 4,000 people who ate, and they had eaten. Jesus sent them home. Now, when we look at Mark eight fourteen, listen at this. 
Now, after all that was over, it says, now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. And they didn't have any with them in the ship. And Jesus told them to beware of the teaching of the Sadducees and Herod. So they took that the wrong way. They were thinking that Jesus was talking about the bread in verse 16, Mark 8, 16. And they reasoned amongst themselves saying, it is because we have no bread. Now y'all know what reasoning mean, right? What does reasoning mean? You trying to figure it out. You thinking it over. You saying, okay, we forgot to take bread. And he's um, looking at us because we forgot to take bread. But then Jesus knew what they were saying in verse 17. And when Jesus knew it, he said unto them, why reason ye? Because you have no bread. Perceive ye not yet, neither understand. Have ye your hearts yet hardened? So when your heart is hardened, you begin to reason, you cannot see spiritually, you cannot understand, and you don't remember. That's how you know you have a hardened heart. Because if someone is telling you something concerning the word of God, and you know God has have worked miracles, and they're giving you a scripture out of the word of God to help you, and you can't see it, you can't perceive it, you can't understand it, and you're reasoning over it, your heart is hardened. You're more sensitive to the natural than you are the supernatural. That's how you know. And he said, having eyes to see, you see ye not. Having ears to hear, you hear ye not. Even your hearing is off. You cannot hear what God is saying. You're hearing naturally instead of hearing spiritually. And then he said, and do you not remember? So Jesus began to tell them the things that he done. He said, they said unto him, okay, and when the seven among the 4,000, how many baskets? He went from the seven, he did the 12, and they told him, and he said unto them, how is it that you do not understand? He knew. You don't understand because your heart is hardened. So when someone is talking to you spiritually, and they're telling you what the word of God is saying, and your heart is hardened, you're not going to take what they're saying because you think you know more than they do. So this is why we have to check our hearts to make sure our heart is not hardened because how many know when you go through something and before you can get over what you're going through, the enemy hits you with something else. So when somebody come up to you and they release something to you from the Spirit of God, we get attitudes from the pulpit down. We get attitudes because we don't understand, because we feel like we know. This is what was happening with the disciples. They walked with Jesus. The word was right there for them, but they could not perceive it. They could not hear it. They could not remember because their heart was so hardened that everything that Jesus was doing in front of them, it didn't hit them. So when your heart is hardened, even though you see in God do a work, it don't matter to you. Because you're more sensitive to natural than you are supernatural. That's a hardened heart. So let's go a little bit further. God gave me this today. He was showing me something in the word. And it's a lot. So I want you to pay attention. I'm going to read. Um, go to, with me to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. I'm reading out the expanded Bible. And that's the Bible I was reading out of with the rest of the scriptures. Psalm 78, this, this Psalms is a long Psalms, but I'm just going to go from one to verse 38. I'm going to do a little bit and, and talk about it. It says, my people, listen, give ear to my teaching instructions, the law, listen, incline your ear to what I say, the words of my mouth. Why would he start off with that? Because that's what he want us to do. The more you pay attention to his word, the more you incline his ear to his word, the more sensitive you become to the word of God. So he said, my people, listen, give ear to my teaching. The more you listen and give ear to this teaching that you're being taught, guess what? When the enemy want to come in like a flood, the spirit of the living God will raise up a standard against him. Why? Because you're taking heed to the word of God. You're listening to the word of God. You're standing on the word of God. So no matter what people say or how they act, you're not being moved. That's why he said, my people listen. Then verse 2, he said, I will speak. I will open my mouth using stories. 
with a proverb, a parable. I will tell, expound secret things from long ago. The past contains lessons from the present generations. We have heard them and known them by what our ancestors' fathers have told us. So just like I'm... I go into the word of God and I begin to teach you or on Sundays the teachers begin to teach you or it could be coming through a song. It could be something that um, is in the word of God, but Judah could be singing about what's in the word of God. That's bringing back to your remembrance what Jesus is saying. He wants you to pay attention to it. Whichever way the word comes, he said, I want you to incline your ear to it because you're going to need it. And the reason why you're going to need it, because Teresa, when your children are in trouble, you going back to yesteryears when granny told you stuff that happened with her when she didn't have enough money to buy this and she didn't even know that you needed some money but she reminded you my God Jehovah Jireh he supplied my needs and I want you to hold on to that so when you get a little low sometime financially you're going to remember what I said and I'm only going to give it to you according to the word that's why we pass it on from generation to generation there is no way miracle temple that we can be coming together like we do and we leave our children out of what we do and we don't share with them what we're learning from the word because the enemy is going to use them to divide your house that's why we have to talk about the word with them let me tell you what the word has to say and one thing that I love about the father I love him so much because I never try to push people to come into the house of God. I just live a life according to him. And when they see the life that I'm living and y'all, this is just so phenomenal because, um, my son, he works all the time. And you know, sometimes we have weekends. We want to take those weekends and we just want to lay out, not do nothing. So, you know, me and my husband encourage him, you know, you need to come hear what God is saying. Because God is going to always be there outside of the job. We just left it alone. And I'll just speak a word and I say, Lord, you know what? You know when he need to be here. You know the timing. It ain't about me. God, his heart got to be right to even sit in the house of God. And y'all, I look, my son is just coming in and out. In and out. You don't have to push nobody to do nothing. But you don't just leave them to themselves. As for me in my house. Now he ain't in my house. But he's my son. So I have to speak a word to him. He's grown. But when children are amongst you and they are not grown, you got to encourage them in the things of the Lord and let them know everything else is going to pass except this word. And this is what you need to keep you. This is what you need when I'm not here for you. You can always depend on him. So this is what they were saying. He said, we have heard them and known them by what our ancestors, fathers have told us. We will not keep hid. We will not keep them from our children. Y'all hear that? How can we keep the word from our children? We don't supposed to. We're supposed to give them the same word we're getting. And I guarantee you, if you keep giving them the word and you give it, speaking it in love, not just trying to beat it over their head. But every time they come and every time the Holy Spirit prompt you, you begin to talk to them in parables. Well, I'm reminded when they were in Egypt. This reminds me when they were in Egypt. And you telling the stories the way they tell them. They be like, who was in Egypt? Well, let me tell you about Egypt. You ain't heard about old Egypt. And you begin to talk about it. And they be so excited to hear about it again. So they would begin to tell them about what they were learning. Why? Because they knew you're going to need it down the road. You may not think you need it now, but sooner than later, you're going to need what I'm giving you. So he said, we will not keep this hid from our children. We will tell those who come later, the later generation about the praises of the Lord. We will tell about his power and the miracles he has done. Y'all, I would sit there with my grandfather and he would talk about these miracles and he would talk about the lame walking, the deaf hearing, the blind seeing. He would tell us these experiences that he had and some things I witnessed with him. Look how I'm talking about them today. Because he shared these miracles with me for me to pass them on to let people know God is still in the healing business. No matter what you're going through, God is still God. No matter what man say, it's not what man says, it's what God says. 
So my heart became more sensitive to the way of God. And some people look at me and say, how do you do that? Because that's how I was raised. And by me being raised that way, when I connect to the word of God, then I know, I know what he was talking about. I know what my grandmother was talking about. I know how they say when you go through, this is what you're supposed to do. So we talk about the things that we've been through with our children and let them know you don't have to go through what I went through, but you're going to go through something. But let me tell you how to get through what you might go through. So this is what they were doing. In verse 5, it said, the Lord made an agreement, established a decree, testimony with Jacob, and gave the teaching, which he commanded our ancestors to teach to their children. Then their children would know them, even their children not yet born. Isn't that something? Not yet born. And they will tell, rise up and recount them to their children. So they would all trust placed their trust and confidence in God and would not forget what he had done, but they would obey. They will obey, protect his commands. Now, my son, Jeremy, I never forget. Um, you know, I'll talk to him about the word and I will tell him what the word says. And I remember he was telling me, he said, mama, I was on my job and they were t- talking about the word. He said, these men was talking about the word. And he said, I know the lifestyle that they live. So I knew what they were talking wasn't truth. He said, so I interjected and I told him, I know I'm not living my life the way I need to. But I know what you're saying is a lie. That ain't what the word says. So when the conversation got heated up and they began to talk about the tides and begin to talk about, you know, people taking money from the people and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a so-and-so in this church. This is what I do. So he was sitting there listening to him, but he said, mama, when it got to the part about preachers taking money and say, your mama taking money too. He said, I didn't see him no more. I said, why you didn't see him no more? He said, cause I knocked him on the ground. I said, you don't do that. He said, nobody's going to disrespect you like that. Cause I know you don't do that. I said, you don't have to say nothing. He said, I know I don't live my life the way I need to, mama, but I know the lie from the truth because you taught me. See, this is what I'm saying. When you teach your children the right way. Now, I cannot teach my children and then I'm doing what the world is doing and then tell them, keep praising God, baby. But I'm scrabbling the fence. That's not the right way. You got to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You can't tell them one thing and you do another. This is the verse I want to get to, to verse 8. Listen at this. They would not be like their ancestors and fathers who were stubborn and disobedient, stubborn and rebellious generation. And listen at this. Their hearts were not loyal, steadfast, set to God, and they were not true, faithful to him. You know why their hearts were not loyal? Because they were looking more to the world. Then they were looking to God. Did they see the miracles? Yes, they did. They saw the plagues in Egypt. They saw all of these things happen. But yet and still, when things turned up in their lives, they turned more to Egypt than they turned to God. Why? Because they were more sensitive there. Even though they were brought out of Egypt, even though they were free, they still had Egypt in them. Because they wanted to go back to Egypt. Every time they whined and complained, look what we had in Egypt. Their heart was hardened. They were more sensitive to Egypt than they were to God. Verse 9. I'm going to skip verse 9. Verse 10. They didn't keep, observe their agreement with God and refused to live, walk by his teaching. Verse 11. They forgot what he had done and the miracles and the wonderful acts he had shown them. When you're more sensitive... To what the world is doing. Instead of being more sensitive to what God has already done. Guess what? This is what you're going to do. You're going to forget. Because you're thinking more the world's way. Than you're thinking God's way. When we put God first and foremost. Every day. Y'all I'm not talking about picking and choosing. When you want to get into this word. This is why the church is so divided. 
because you have certain people that are in the word and not just getting in the word just to make sure I know you in the word or to make sure somebody else know you in the word, but you just love to be in the word and you don't just get in it when your, your body is hurting. You don't just get in it when your money don't look right. You don't just get in it when your marriage look tore up. You just don't get in it when your boss is acting crazy. You don't get in it. At, you get in it all the time. So when situations pop up and the word that's in you, you more sensitive to what the word is saying than what man is saying. Church, we got some hardened hearts and some people don't even recognize it. And that's why this teaching is going forth. Your heart can be so hardened that you're thinking you're okay, but you're not okay. That's why God bring the word in the house of God to his people so people can search themselves and say, God, is that me? God, are you showing this to me? So then it said he did miracles while the ancestors, ancestors watch. I'm going to um, verse 13. He divided the Red Sea. Verse 14, he led them with a cloud by day and a light of fire by night. He split the rocks in the desert and gave them more than enough water. He brought screams out of the rock and caused water to flow from the rivers. And listen at verse 17. But the people continued to sin against him in the desert. They turned away against God most high. Now 18, they decided to test God by asking for food they wanted for their appetite. Then they spoke against God saying, now listen at this y'all. Can God prepare food? A table in the desert, in the wilderness? Come on y'all. All this stuff God already did. They're going to ask the question. Can God prepare food in the desert, in the wilderness? While he hit, struck the rock, water poured out and rivers flowed down. But can he give us bread also? Will he provide his people with meat? When the Lord heard them, he was very angry. His anger was like fire to the people of Jacob. His anger grew against the people, rose up against Israel. And listen at verse 22. They had not believed, trusted, been faithful to God, and had not trusted, put confidence in him to save them, to give them the victory. When your heart become hardened, You lose trust in God. Your trust is more in what man can do than what God has already done. When you read verse 23 through 28, it's given more what God done. And when you get to verse 31, here it is again. But they kept on sinning and they did not believe even with the miracles, the wonderful acts. See, they was going back and forth as long as God was doing something for them. Come on, somebody. As long as somebody is doing something for you, you good. But when things go bad and it seems like nothing is getting done, this is what they did. They kept on sinning. They did not believe even with the miracles. As long as God was keeping stuff coming to them, they were happy. But when they felt like God wasn't there, God wasn't paying them no attention, they began to sin. And then it says, I want you to look at verse 37. It started all over again from 33 to 37. Listen at 37. Their hearts were not really loyal to steadfast towards God. They did not keep, were not faithful to his agreement or his covenant. And the reason why, but it says in 38, still God was merciful. God don't change y'all. Even when we change, when we cut the fool, when we go outside of him, God don't change on us. God still love us. He's con- he show his compassion. He shows his love. But they were going back and forth. As long as God was doing something, they were all right with God. When it looked like God wasn't doing anything, they start complaining and murmuring about God. That's a hardened heart. So we need to, church, check our hearts because if you got half the congregation with a hardened heart and you got the other ones that don't have the hardened heart, you know what we're going to have? Divide and conquer. Some people have to face whatever's going on in their lives. All the teachings that we have been getting, I believe I started with strife, right? Resentment, animosity. What else was it? Help me, y'all. Huh? Was it some more? 
frustration, pride. We did all of that, did we not? So then I was telling y'all, I said, I'm going to tell you where all of this stuff keep popping up. Your heart ain't right. That's where we started with the heart teaching because I can tell Barbara back there, I'm sorry all day long. But if I don't get in this Bible and I don't deal with what's dealing with me, I'm going to come back at Barbara again. We go over this over and over again. Why? Because when God brings things in the house, God knows what's in the house. And when he bring it in the house, he's saying it's time to get it out of the house. Do y'all know when things like that come in the house, the devil's in the house? He had to ride in here on somebody. That's how he's getting what he's getting. He go through people. He have to use somebody to stir up something. So that's why we have to stay in the word of God and deal with us. And if we deal with us, guess what? When he's trying to deal with us, guess what? He won't have nothing on us because we dealt with it. And the Holy Spirit will show us no matter who it is. The Holy Spirit will show us what's there. And he'll show us how to, he even show us how to respond. When you spend time with God, I can look at Teresa and Teresa may be having a bad day and the Lord will give me something to say to Teresa that'll calm her down. And she'll say, Apostle, how did you know? I didn't. I just did what God told me to do. It wasn't me. It was him. God will show you how to react even with the person that's looking like a blowfish. I remember this when I worked at the hospital. The Holy Spirit is so good to remind me of this. I worked at the hospital when I was the director over the patient accounts. Um, I was down the hall looking um, in the file room for a file way on the other end. I saw some women come down the hall wide open. Come here, come here, Amanda, come here. You got to come quickly. So-and-so is in the office with a pair of scissors from the stab a man. I said, what? I ain't going to tell you who it was. I think you know. So I said, and I knew the man she was going to stab. I knew him. So when I got into that man's face, was red as fire. You hear me? He was standing in front of her. She said, don't you come no no closer. Because, see, he was upset about his bill. And she was trying to explain the bill to him. But how many know when you mess up people's money, they're going to come at you hard. So here I am. I go to the desk, and I call the gentleman's name, and I'm just as calm. And I said, wait a minute. We can resolve this. It don't have to be. He calmed down. At the end, they looked at me. They said, how did you get that man so calm? We couldn't do nothing with him. It was the Holy Ghost. See, this is what I'm saying. When you walk with him and you talk with him, you will be like him. You will learn to say, it's not about me. It's not about how I feel. It's not about how people feel about me. It's all about him. That's when your heart becomes so pliable. And so soft where God can really put into your heart where you already have his heart of love. But that's being blocked by foolishness sometimes. That's why we have to check ourselves and say, Lord, how do you want me to handle this? What do you want me to do about this? God, you show me. And y'all, he will. And the more you allow the Holy Spirit to do that for you, your heart becomes so soft. You're not callous. You're not insensitive no more. You're not unyielding. And rebellion is part of a hardened heart. We're going to talk about it. Stubbornness is part of a hardened heart. When we always look at other people and don't look at us, we can have a hardened heart. So it's time to ask the Lord, Lord, look at me. So I won't be looking at others. Show me me. Amen. So what I want to do is so far with the teachings that I have been going over. We have been talking about a hardened heart. Who want to come up here and talk about what you have learned so far and how this teaching have helped you. Amen. As I said before, don't just come up here all at once. We only got one mic. Yes, you can. Can you take her to mic, um, honey? I lost my daughter to breast cancer about 10 years ago. And I hardened my heart. I really did because I did not understand 
you know, why he would take her, and she was productive, you know, and she lived her life, you know, for the Lord, and everyone knew that, and I couldn't understand why the Lord just could not heal her. Amen. So I hardened my heart there for a while, and it, I couldn't, I was a reader, you know, to keep my mind active, I always read, and I couldn't even read the Bible anymore. I couldn't. And, uh, but thank you and praise the Lord for the word that I'm hearing from you, you know. Uh, even before I started coming here, you know, I had, my heart was getting where it's supposed to be in the Lord. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Do we have anyone else that would like to share? Come on, Kim. And remember, sometimes what you share help others. It help others get through what they're going through. Um, we've been through the heart and heart before. And when we were going through it before, um, trying to remember. <laughs> I know my heart has been hardened in this church since I've been here. And um, like Pastor said, and like the word that we're reading and um, coming from Psalms, whenever your heart is hardened, you can't hear God. You can only think on what you're hurting about and what is hurting you. You're only seeing it that way. You can't see outside of that because your heart is not pliable to be open to what God is saying. So even if the word is being spoken, it's bouncing off of you. You're not hearing it. And, okay, now I'm remembering some, one, th one incident. When I was going through in my first marriage, I remember pastor coming back to me to get her hair done. And she would minister to me, but because I didn't have the word, it did not penetrate at all. I would go right back to that same hurt. So every time she would say something, it was going in one ear and out the other. And... um that's just an example of your heart being hardened and you're only feeling what you're feeling or you're going through at that time. You're only seeing it that way. You're not hearing what God's word is saying for you. And that's just one incident. But I've been through many incidents <laughs> with a hardened heart. And I just thank God because... You're going to still hurt because the enemy know where to hurt you but if God is in you and the word is in you and you are allowing God to change you you won't allow that hurt to stop you and you'll walk with him it's almost like you, that great commission stands out more than what you're going through and that's what's more important to you not these things on earth that's going to one day not even matter and um, you don't see that being the bigger picture, him and his his plan for your life is the bigger picture. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Amen. Is there anyone else? I remember when Kim was going through and I said, Lord, it's like hitting a brick wall. I said, I know it's bouncing off, but Lord, what would you have me to do now? And each time I knew her hurt, but I couldn't stop until God told me to stop. But I would go home and I would pray for Kim and I would lift her up to him and I would only speak what God would have for me to speak concerning her life. Because how many know when you're so hurt and that hurt is so deep and it's so embedded in you and see, like the more you do, the less you done or that's how you feel. And when God is truly trying to minister to that hurt, you don't want to be ministered to. You want to keep that wall up. But how many know that Jericho walls can come down? If you allow them to come down. So that's why we have to pray one for another. We, we don't down one another. We lift each other up in prayer. Don't think you're not reaching people because it seemed like, oh, here they go again. Know that you are reaching them because the enemy is mad because they're saying, here they go again. But you keep going until God tell you to stop. And when God tell you to stop, you're loose from that assignment. But he ain't told you to quit praying for them. 
But he told you to quit giving them what you've given them and just continue to lift them up in prayer before him. And change have already come to them, but that change will eventually manifest. Amen. Do we have anybody else that want to share? Come on, Jennifer. Um, I just thank God that, like you said, what, you know, we do find ourselves back in situations because something's happened. But because of what we're learning, it's like, okay, I think we're quicker now to rebound and say, God, <clears throat> what would you have me learn from this? Or <clears throat> how, do I, you know, how do I speak to somebody's situation? And I'm finding now more and more that... Um, it seems like even when you're having a bad day, if you're given an opportunity to pray for someone else and just remind them to stand on the word and that word does not come back void, it just it encourages me, um, you know, and I, and I feel like it, that it encourages them too. And, you know, I just, I thank God that we're where we are, that, you know, we're certainly not where we want to be, but we've come a long way. Amen. And um, hallelujah, I know. <laughs> And and I think now I see myself looking more um, like we would come up to Daddy, you know, all the time, all the time, all the time. And really, I mean, where else can you go? I can go to her, but she can only do so much. And I thank God that we got a Daddy that we can always go to. And, you know, um, he he's never too busy for us. Amen. He's never asleep. He's always awake and, and wanting to hear us. And I just thank God that even if it's just say, Daddy, I just just hold me, Daddy. Or, Daddy, I just want to, you know, cry out to you or just to get it off your chest that you don't want to, you don't want to burden somebody else with it or not burden, but you don't want to seem like you're complaining. Um, but you're talking to the one that can fix it or that can fix me. I'll say, Lord... If it ain't the situation, fix me so that I can walk through it. Amen. Um, I know we get tried. You know, a lot of times we say how we um, we'll, we try to tell people we'll save, but we got to live what we do. You get tried by the word. And speaking of being hard and hard, um, I dealt with a gentleman who was getting his foundation poured the other week. And in the beginning, I was giving him a testimony about how God dealt with us in the ministry and what I went through. And he, I thought he was saved, but I was sharing with my wife while we talked. And she didn't come out and say it, but I guess, you know, how and watch you see how people are when they strike a nerve. So I know he started getting a little attitude about some things, and you know, I talked to him about some stuff. And then he started telling about his childhood, how he, um, his mother kicked his daddy out. His daddy took him with him and all this and that, and daddy didn't do right. And this gentleman, he's 74 years old right now today. Now, I tell you, he still got some anger and stuff in him dealing, I guess, how he grew up. And he's like, his heart's become hard. He's like, he's prideful. He's, you got to be careful how you say something to him. He gets angry real quick, you know. So we got in, well, actually, we got a conversation, but we had a little disagreement the other, other, other day. And what happened was uh, I called company my son drives for set up an appointment to get the concrete done so the man said i can work you in at 11 o'clock so and i told the, the guy he said well that's too late because it's me and one guy and it's dark five o'clock so i'm on the phone talking to my son and he's standing right here so jeremy said dad said man the guy can work you in at seven o'clock in the morning i said that's great so i told the guy yeah right now to be all right i said we're on so the next morning they're eating he started complaining about that's too early. I said, we agree with that. I can't change it now. So Jeremy just kind of procrastinated that morning to give him time to get situated. So make a long story short, he first he said, don't have him too trust at one time because I can't do so much to get hard. I said, okay, we'll space it out. So what we did, we just brought one load and let Jeremy get another load. So then the third load, he told Jeremy, you good? I can get another guy bring a load. No, we good. You go, go ahead back. So that next morning he called me fussing about it took time for the trucks to get there. He was just going off. And I'm just, you know, keeping my calm, you know, because, you know, soft answer turns away rap. So I said, you know what? I say, if I 
offended you or did something wrong, I apologize. You know, I, I'm not taking person strike, stir up anger and stuff. Immediately he calmed right on down, you know, because I didn't get, go back at him. I know he got a lot going on, you know, but when I went out in the pavement the other day, he stopped talking about Jesus and all that and everything, like, you know, but I just, he, he, has, he has, a, has a hard and hard head, a lot of pride, and, you know, I just, I didn't go back what he came at me with, you know, so I showed him love. I want to say my husband with this very man, when he came home and told me, I met this man, he said he see you on television, and he was just talking the Bible. I let him finish, and I say, everybody that's talking, Lord, Lord, they don't know him. See, God will let you know, and you don't have to be. See, what we got to understand is when you be with him, you don't have to be around people that people are around because the Holy Spirit, through discerning of spirits, will let you know how a person is. But when you are telling people you this, you that, you the other, something wrong with you. You don't have to tell people, I'm saved. I do this and I do that. You making it about you, that's pride. That's how he recognized that pride. But I'm speaking that the Lord sent somebody in his path to minister the word of God to him where he will know where he's falling short, y'all. He don't need to be left like that. And if it is my husband, I give God glory because there's going to be another opportunity where he need to know what's going on with him and how it need to be dealt with. We don't leave people like they are because that's not right. Amen. And I'm not going to ask nobody else because it looks like nobody else don't want to move right now. So come on, Kim. Um, it was like two incidents. I looked over at Sheikah, bless her heart. I think she even danced around me. I think it was Sheikah, that song, um, song she danced to with the ribbon. I know what you're talking about. Um, oh, it was. In just a few days, he's going to make, he's going to make a way. Yeah, mm-hmm. make a way. I remember she that. danced around me one that. Sunday after church. Let's brother john hart i don't know how long he danced around Jody, i remember that <laughs> i mean it was for a long time seemed like an hour my heart was so hardened i was saying to myself if john don't stop dancing he is getting on my nerves <laughs> mm-hmm, I but that. i didn't see what was being taking place because i was so hurt and i had so much unforgiveness for one and my heart was so hard into what was happening I didn't feel, see nothing God was doing, but I couldn't help but saying that. I thought about it, and I looked over at Sheikah. I remember that. All of us have been through a heart and heart. Well, that makes you stubborn and say, I stand up here, but I don't want to. It ain't, it ain't me, it's you. So all of us have been there, and some of us are still there, and we're hiding it. But guess what? These teachings are bringing it out of you. Amen. Sister Deborah, can you close us out in prayer?